Hey there, I'm Melanie Reed, and this is the HR Mentor. I'm coming to you today from the traditional, unceded, and ancestral territories of the Tecumlips to Shkwepan people within Shkwepmikulu. And I'm very grateful that I'm able to live, work, and play on these beautiful lands. My guest today on the HR Mentor podcast is Hinal Turner. Hinal is the Vice President of Content and Consulting at the All In Company and a certified HR professional who's passionate about finding creative solutions to help businesses succeed. She has provided consulting services to more than 200 businesses of varying sizes and industries. This extensive experience in sales, customer service, and people management uniquely positions her to collaborate with entrepreneurs when it comes to recruiting, hiring, and retaining five-star employees, committed candidates who share the company's values and go above and beyond to achieve results. In this episode, Hinal and I talk about what a five-star candidate is, how you can attract and retain them, and we end with our five-star review of the show Severance, as well as a special offer from Hinal that you can take advantage of today. There's so much to learn in this episode, so let's get started. Welcome to the HR Mentor Podcast, the podcast for emerging HR practitioners to get practical advice, tools, and strategies to build credibility, confidence, and ultimately, a fulfilling HR career. Welcome, Hino. Thank you so much for being here with me today and being on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me and and share some of your advice with my listeners. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to start off um, just learning a little bit about the work that you do. I understand the name of the organization you work with is called the All In Company. And maybe you could tell us a little bit about the work you do there and and what the company is all about. Sure, yeah. So um, a little bit about uh, me, my uh, my background is um, is HR. So I've practiced, you know, HR um, in a consulting uh, or, uh, fashion with um, and worked with over, you know, 200 businesses, helping them in all facets of HR. And then I had this opportunity to to join um, the All In Company. And here, you know, we help uh, guide business owners on how to recruit, hire and retain sort of these amazing, you know, five-star employees. Um, and and what I'm, you know, particularly responsible for uh, is the content. So, you know, the content and the programming and creating all that, which is, uh, which is quite fun. That's exciting. <laughs> no, it, it's yeah. a really unique name, the All In Company. Do you know the history behind it? I was curious about that. Yeah, so like, so our, you know, our our thought process and what we what we expect from our members is you need to go all in on your people so you need to have a team um, and you need to continue to to go all in on them so you know find the right people nurture them you know be their cheerleader make sure they have the tools and things that they need to be successful in your organization and when you go all in 
on your people, they're going to go all in on you. Oh, I love it. That's great. I think, uh, you know, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about quiet quitting. And, and I think that whole concept and philosophy ties in so nicely to, you know, what employers are seeing right now and why people might be taking a step back from, from giving their all for an organization or a company. Right. And, and so we were finding that when that five-star employees are not quite quitters, you know, so, you know, when you have a team of five-star employees, they're, they, they do feel nurtured. They feel supported by their manager, by their leaders, and they have the tools that they need and they're in the right seat. So they're doing, they're doing work which they enjoy doing and which they have the skill set to do. So, so they're not quietly going to quit, (laughs) to put it simply, right? Absolutely. That's great. So I'm going to get you to explain your five-star candidate concept in a moment. But before we do that, because this is a career uh, podcast, and I know my listeners love hearing about other HR professionals' career journeys, um, I'd love it if Mm -hmm. you could share a little bit about your own personal career story with my listeners. Absolutely. So I want to say, like most HR professionals, I, I didn't fall into I did I kind of fell into to HR. So when I was um, going all the way back to college, um, I, I didn't get my degree in human resources management, I actually got it in political science. And, um, and I went to law school. And um, I discovered that, you know, law school wasn't and and being an attorney was not for me, I needed a more human connection and working with um, people. I really enjoyed that. Um, But I really did enjoy sort of the compliance and the law and the the rule of thumb. Um, And so after college, I started taking uh, intro introduction courses to the different fields. And I said, I've, I've got to figure this out. And so when I took my introduction to um, human resources management, I discovered, okay, this this is it, absolutely. And so I went and earned um, my HR management certificate from the from uh, University of California uh, here in Irvine. And then um, I continued to, you know, I, I said, all right, well, I need to get my feet wet. So I started as an HR intern um, with a company. And um, after the internship was over, I became an HR assistant. And I stayed there for about uh, five or six years and kind of worked my way up to be the HR manager for that organization. And we had about um, four different companies and like 60 or so employees. And, And so that was a very like interesting uh, dynamic because the Ford companies that the owner owned were all different. So very, um, very cool, very um, interesting experience there. And then afterwards, I moved over and became an HR consultant for Paychex. Um, and that was where, uh, and that was where I, where I had the opportunity to work with, you know, over 200 businesses, um, small to mid-sized biz- businesses and consult with them on their HR needs um, 
everything from your employer relations to job descriptions to handbooks and um, and well as hiring and, and terminations and things. Um, and then I also uh, throughout the my career decided that I needed to I wanted to um, earn my certif my um, certifications and so I I took the PHR and the PHRCA exam. Fantastic. And now I have letters behind yeah. my name. <laughs> we all love a few letters, right? Yeah, I love the few letters. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> it's interesting, you know, um, how people that are drawn to law or HR are also drawn to the other field in a sense. I remember at the end of my bachelor's degree, I was preparing to write the LSAT exam because I thought that was going to be my path. I wanted to be an employment lawyer. Mm -hmm. I was fascinated by labor relations. And, um, and then I realized, but I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to work in that environment and that type of structure. Like you, I wanted to have more of a human connection, so to speak. So yeah, so that was, uh, that was uh, my path there. So I also like what you said about, you know, spending time in the assistant role before moving on to the HR manager it. role, right? Like it's such a, mm -hmm. a learning opportunity for new HR professionals to understand the business and the processes. And um, I think sometimes people finish their bachelor's degree and they feel like they should be jumping to a manager's role right away. And this is not one of those fields where that's, you know, really common. Yeah, I mean, and I think you you can be so much more effective when you the the more you know an organization. So if you if you start in a more of a junior role and really you know sink yourself into the role and to the organization, you're in a better position uh, to to kind of pick up and just run with run with the decision making and run with the. Um, the review and and everything you're you're responsible for as a as a manager. Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So why don't we jump in and maybe you could describe for us what you mean by a five star candidate? Sure. So um, a five star um, a five star um, a candidate a five star candidate is someone who has um, in in the five-star rating system, they want to earn five stars. So the first star is that the candidate shares the core values with the the business owner. So what's important to the business owner and 100% of the time, so that might be something like attention to details, it might be creativity, it might be you know, always giving 110%. So whatever the core values are of the business owner, they have to align with that of his team, his or her team, really, because um, that's going to make that is just one of the elements of a five star um, employee is having the core values aligned. And we have, and we're seeing such a um, such an interesting like factor with that because when we see people, you know, talking about employees who are not working out or employees who are who just don't get it. Um, it goes back to uh, so much of it goes back to the core value. Yeah, I totally agree, one hundred percent. So, so that's definitely one of the stars. Um, and we've, you know, outlined eleven universal qualities of a five star employee, 
And so we, so for somebody for, to earn that second star, they have the candidate or the employee has to have a, um, a seven or higher on that, um, on the 11 quality. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so it's a very, um, it's a very specific and, you know, trackable assessment about whether or not, whether or not somebody is a five-star employee or candidate. So we kind, we really want to take the guesswork out of it. So in terms of your process of working with small business owners or small businesses, Mm -hmm. so you work with that business owner, the hiring manager to develop those criteria with them. And then they use that as part of their selection process. Right. So we'll help, we'll help with, um, we'll help create the different, we'll help create um, all of their recruitment assets. And then part of that, in part of that exercise is, is understanding, is truly understanding what your, what the core values are. And then um, the 11 universal qualities are consistent for all five-star employees. Um, but, But we do help them determine what the specific what the role specific skills and aptitudes are um and and then we help build interview questions around that so when they go into the interview process in terms of recruiting you have these questions ready to go and that's the third star is do they uh does a person um have the the aptitudes necessary and the skill set necessary for the job. Okay, that makes sense. And what is mm-hmm. your what is your target market in terms of your clients? What kinds of organizations are you mostly working with? You know, so we've we actually work with with all types of organizations. Okay. Um, we just held a work we we held a program recently that was um, for bookkeeping firms. Um, and so that was, uh, that was, that was really interesting. And then we had a, we had others where we had, you know, doggy daycare owners, we had pizza shops. So it's really, um, I, I, I see us making this, this works very well for really any organization. Okay, great. Probably, yeah, probably a little bit strong, probably a little bit better, um, in, in maybe like a service-based, like that's where we're finding finding it. And we also had a couple, um, you know, like almost like a schools, like preschool centers and stuff where they're when where the employees are teachers and things. So that's really interesting. All right. That's great. And do you offer sort of the full suite of recruitment and selection services for these organizations? So we, we, we do. So we've, so we're, um, so we, 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 we work with the business owners to set them and people and the, and the leadership team. So we work, so, so that's who's attending our like programming and okay. things. And then what we like to, cause we just feel like the team needs to be there, but the owner really needs to be yeah. there as well. Yeah. <laughs> so much. I mean, if you've any, which I'm sure you, you come across too, if the bu- business owner's not all yeah, in, forget it. It buck stops, totally. right? So, <laughs> so, um, so we work with the team, and we're able to uh, by the end of this, like our three week program, or we were able to to really customize and build these assets, and and then our process includes, you know, just sending you these qualified 
candidates to, to consider and review. Okay, I get it. So you also help them with sourcing as well. Yeah. Right, yeah. So it includes a, um, our, 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 um, it, our program includes our, our um, assessment and, um, sk- and test and uh, yeah, assessments and applicant tracking system. Oh, okay, fantastic. That sounds like an amazing service. It is. It's pretty cool. And actually, the best part is, um, is it, it, it we set it up so it has custom benchmarking. So it's very, very helpful to to make your hiring process or recruitment process very objective right. uh, it, within the confounds of, you know, our, our rules and things that we have. <laughs> Wonderful. That's great. So mm-hmm. what would you say are some of the ways to attract five-star candidates? Yeah, so so it's it's very interesting. So f- f- the first thing I would look at is your your job posting. So I would consider. So we we work with our clients on this as well. But the job posting itself it needs to be very very specific. So five star candidates they like to solve um, they like to solve problems and they like to complete the ta- their the tasks that they're assigned to do that they're supposed to do and they they like they want to be held accountable so in the job posting you need to be as specific as possible with um with what the person is going to be doing in terms of their um their key responsibilities as well as share what the success metrics look like so someone who's a five-star employee is attracted to that right so if you're looking for somebody in sales and they say, oh, I have to, it says right there on the job posting, I have to book, you know, 60 appointments a week. And someone who can do that, wants to do that, is is driven by, by booking appointments, is going to love that. And someone who thinks, oh, this is impossible. Like, they're not right. your five-star. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so that's one thing. And another thing is, you know, you really want to to think a little bit outside of the box um, as someone who is recruiting. So you can't just post, you know, one your job one time. So you have to be out there in multiple places. You have to spend time, you know, reviewing reviewing um, resumes or you know reviewing even just people and sending direct messages to them, you know, through a LinkedIn. Um, you have to go to your local school and university and and market yourself and market your company so it becomes you become the place to work right the choice um, and also you know you want to be to set yourself apart so think of thinking about what why your organization is unique and then um, and then trying to, to replicate that um, in a, a posting and and not just a posting, right? So, can you do something else? Can you uh, can you do? Can you have a uh, a wanted sign? Can you have a, a a nifty kind of referral program? Can you have a social? Can you look at your customers? Can you? So, just have to think a little bit outside the box and. Um, try things differently. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important what you were saying just about being engaged in the process because I think, 
you know, we're not in a labor market where employers can, I, I call it the post and pray method. You just slap up a job posting on a mega board and then wait for the candidates to roll in and pray in between. But th- those days are over um, oh, and yeah. for the foreseeable future. So employers that are passive in that recruitment part of the process are going to get left behind. And I don't know if you're noticing it so much in California, but I know one of the things I'm seeing a lot in BC, well, two things. Number one, a huge uptake of radio advertising, especially like I'm in a smaller city, about 100,000 people. And a lot of trades organizations, service organizations are now advertising on the radio. Uh, They're advertising on vehicles. Uh, for for um, available jobs. And then everyone is doing an open house hiring fair. Like they're, oh, really? yes, it's incredible. <laughs> and one of my clients I'm working with, I was like, we should do a career fair, but in a smaller town or smaller city, you can't seem to find a day where someone else isn't doing one. So, you know, we didn't see that pre-pandemic for sure. So, oh yeah, it's pretty, yeah, word the word is out, huh? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, everyone's desperate for people, so it's. What kinds of industries are are you seeing that are hosting um, fairs? Like oh, that? construction companies, um, yeah. hotels, um, tourism focused organizations. Uh, there are some industries that are combining together to do you know similar types of work that are that are coming together, public sector, employers. Yeah, it's, it's the whole mm-hmm. gamut. Yeah. Right. And you have to think, you know, you really, I think, have to evaluate your, your, the job itself. So can you, do you, ha- is it, you know, remote? Is it, does it, is it a work from home? And, you know, is it really an eight to five or is there a flexibility there? Yeah. So you have to think about what you need and and maybe you can be more flexible um, and that might, that would also help attract more of the labor force, the, the market. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think that's a super important point just to question what you actually need people to do and how you need them to work. Because if, if they're looking for remote work to your point and you don't offer it, I mean, the next person probably will. So you, mm-hmm. you really have to be in a position where you need people to be in there every day. And, um, you know, we know in so many industries, that's not the case anymore. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone hustled and, and made it work. And there are some positions that certainly you, you know, you need to, you, you want to have a, a face-to-face sure. there. And, and it, it's kind of, um, it, it's so interesting because as a, you know, if I started, uh, I mean, you know this, right? So if you start your business and you have a vision of what you want it to look like, and now post-pandemic, everyone here is saying, nope, well, do you really need in, you know, everybody to be in-house and to, to sit in an office for 40 hours a week? And you know, traditionally you could say, yep, that's what right. I want. That's what we're doing. <laughs> now, you know, you have to think, you actually have to, to think about it. It's not just about what you want. It's it's about, you know, how can it, what is this the best decision to profit is profitably scale my business 
um, with the right, and I need the right team for yeah. that. Right. Absolutely. So. And, and maybe this is, you know, what we're talking about now might be the answer to my next question, but you know, what is your best advice for someone who is hiring now in this labor market? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I, the, the, the best advice I can give is when you ask a interview question to a candidate, is to listen for the answer. So that means mm -hmm. you have to be comfortable with the silence and try your best and just don't do it. Just don't hint at the answer, right? So if a candidate doesn't know the answer, they don't know your the, the answer and you can move on to someone who does. But but really be you have to be comfortable with the silence and letting the candidate respond. Um, that's, but to get candidates in the first place, you'll... Um, you will need to to be different and be very specific and clear about what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. That's great advice about the interview because I think, you know, when we're looking at how things have changed, uh, we've probably both experienced this as an HR professional. You're in an interview with the hiring manager and they get two questions in and for whatever reason, bias or, you know, just their perception of the candidate, they've they've checked out completely. They're on their email. They're, you know, they're, they're done with the interview and they haven't really even given the person a chance. And what I've always tried to say to hiring managers is you're not hiring them to be good at interviews. You're hiring them to be an engineer, an engineer, a planner, a customer service rep. So listen for those cues, not whether or not they're good at answering interview questions, because quite frankly, very few people are good at it. or exactly. So, you know, put it in that perspective. Yep. And we don't want, we don't want, um, we don't want somebody who is a, who's a, a professional interviewer right. anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's a whole other problem. <laughs> I know it yeah. is, it is, it is. Awesome. <laughs> so what about diversity? This is on the top of so many organizations' agendas. Um, it's really important, you know, at the university where I work, and we've been trying to recruit more diverse faculty and staff. What advice do you have for employers and recruitment professionals who want to increase the level of diversity in their applicant pool? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that one gets a little tricky. Um, so, you know, we, we, we want our, our candidates to be, you know, to be qualified, have the skill set and, um, and be the right, the right person for the role. And if, if that makes it so, so I think the person who is um, the hiring, you know, manager or who is the owner, like you really need to consider, you know, those areas uh, first and, and, and have a, and have a consistent and objective process to hire. And, and that might mean um, if you are looking to, to hire a more diverse, diverse staff, like look at, consider where you're recruiting. Yeah. Um, right. So like if, so like there's, maybe there is a, maybe you look at, um, like where you saw success with where your, your existing st staff, like where, where do they come from? Right. right. Where do they go to school? Where can you recruit from there? And maybe you're recruiting 
at a, a number of universities, including, you know, a women's college, um, or maybe you're, you know, you're recruiting at um, local, local community centers and libraries and things where, where kind of everybody goes. Um, and then, so you're, you're making your efforts, um, but your just, your ultimate decision is, is still going to be based on that, right. um, that objective criteria. I think that's really important of looking at, you know, where you're recruiting from and also expanding that. So it's good it's mm-hmm. good for you in this job market, but it's also good for diversity because if you look around your organization and you see a group of people that are all the same and you keep recruiting at the same place, you're going to keep getting the same thing, you know? So I, yeah. I think you got to start to, as you said earlier, you know, think outside the box and be creative in the process and and try different things and, and track what happens when you try different things, you know? Yeah. Exactly right. I mean, try something and yeah. if, if try it for a couple of weeks, try it for a few months. I mean, you can always change your path. Yes, absolutely. That's great. Now, mm-hmm. in order to retain top talent, what do you think that HR teams and employers need to be focused on now? So it's one thing for us to get them in the door. Uh, we've talked about quiet quitting. So how do we how do we keep them? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to start uh, with the people in your organization. So you know, you have to hold you have to hold everybody accountable, and you have to to listen to your employees. So you have to take the time to to have one-on-ones and meetings and giving them, giving people the forum to, to communicate what their thoughts and their needs are. Um, and then you have to celebrate, celebrate the wins, right? So celebrate the, the project completion, celebrate, um, you know, a, a difficult conversation that was had with a, with a customer. Um, and then you, you definitely want to, to, to let people form relationships and uh, relationships and a community uh, and, and be ha- and, and create a community for themselves in your workplace. So, you know, we all like to be around other people to, a, to an extent, right? Yeah. So we have our work, we have our home community and, and we, what's our next community? Maybe we're part of a book club. Maybe we go have a, a walking, a walking group that we go with, but you can all, so you want to make sure that you're giving you know, the, the atmosphere to create this like work community for your employees. And so that means the celebrations, the meetings, like, can you have a retreat? Can you bond over each other, bond together, um, you know, at an event? Can you do virtual lunches? Can you do virtual, it was your virtual, right? Um, happy hours, like something to, to, to allow them to engage and, and, and become, you know, friends really. Um, and then, of course, as a, it's going to start with the people and really it's going to start with the leaders. So your leaders all need to be um, on the same page as well. So, you know, make sure, making sure the managers and the leaders in your organizations know how to manage other people. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a big, I think, pitfall is, you know, people get promoted because they have the skill set to do the job. But what about the mindset? And the skill set to manage other humans. Like that's a whole other (laughs) ballgame. It is, absolutely. And I think that probably 
it can be more of an issue in a small business as well. There's only mm-hmm. so many people uh, to promote. So the person who's, you know, the best individual contributor usually gets that. And and sometimes they don't even know what they're signing up for. Um, right. Yeah. And so that that can be a challenge for sure. I, I do really love what you said about building a community because I think I've I've certainly noticed that, you know, with the amount of sort of separation we've had, uh, through the pandemic. And certainly, you know, the last year, we were pretty much on campus, but a lot of the community based things that we did as a university were virtual. And now that everything is fully back face to face, you just see so many people out, like, I think they're just craving that sense of belonging to a place and a group and, and just belonging to a community, you know, so I think that's pretty meaningful in terms of engaging folks. And, and five, you know, five-star employees, they, they want to work with other like-minded people right. who get it and they want to work with other five-star employees. So the fastest way to, you know, to, to, to lose a five-star employee is to keep a one, two or three star. Right. That makes yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. It's like simple math, right? Right. Yeah, that's good. Okay, awesome. Um, now, just before uh, I'm going to ask you some of my fun speed questions, I'm just wondering if you can share with everyone how they can find you and the All In Company and and what they they can do if they're interested in working with you. Sure. Yeah. So we, um, so I'll definitely leave my email, um, in the show notes for you. Um, and you can share that with, uh, your listeners can check that out. Um, and I've also put together a free, uh, litmus test for your listeners. So if you go to fivestaremployees.com slash higher right, um, that will bring up this litmus test and you can do a quick assessment with your you know, best employee and your worst employee against our 11 universal qualities oh, of five-star employees. Fabulous. Thank you. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No problem. Awesome. Okay. Um, do you have time for five more quick questions? Let's do All it. right. So the first one, if you could work for any organization in the world, which one would it be and why? You know, I actually do love this organization that I'm working for. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. Like it, it's so interesting working with um, business owners. Like it's it's very uh, you learn so much. You know, and I, I really feel like I can we're helping them, um, and so so that's why I love. Awesome. Yeah, having being able to see the impact of your work is so meaningful. I think for so many people. So. That's awesome. What about your go-to stress relieving activity? What do you like to do? You know, I, um, I I don't consider myself a very stressful person. Uh, I don't really get stressed out too much, but when I do, I just really like to, you know, sit on one of this one chair I have and watch TV with a a glass of sparkling water. Nice. <laughs> That's good. Any uh, any shows you're watching right now that you want to share with us that we should check out? Yeah. So I love um, Severance on uh, Apple Plus, Apple TV yeah. Plus. Uh, and I like, um, I'm catching up on the Netflix documentary about the serial killer that was out here and somewhere in the States. Um, 
super creepy, but I love it. And then I also enjoy, um, what's the other one? Oh, The House of Dragon on HBO. Oh, okay, I haven't checked that out yet, but I I absolutely loved Severance. I I watched the so first good. episode and I was kind of like, okay, I'm not quite sure what I'm in for. I'd, I'd heard uh, Ben Stiller on a podcast talking about it and it sounded like something I would like. And then I got into episode two and I was, that was it. I was hooked. <laughs> I was hooked. Yeah. yeah. Before I would sleep, I would take, I'd, I'd be like, oh, it's like 738. My kids are down. I can just go nap. And now it's like, I just binge yeah. watch that show. <laughs> so well done. <laughs> well, and the acting is so incredible. Like it's just, yeah. And every corner there's another like superstar. Right. Like I didn't even, I, I can't wait for the next yeah, season. It's going to be great. Oh, and then, um, yeah, that was, yeah, no, I think that was it. Yeah. I have so many shows, but I'll leave it at those. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much good stuff out there right now, like such good quality stuff on streaming platforms. So, but if you're an HR professional, the whole concept of severance is just really interesting to even contemplate. So, um, yeah, yeah, I encourage you to check it out. Um Okay, going back to the day you graduated from college or high school, what advice would you give your younger self? I would say slow down mm -hmm. and listen. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Slow down and listen. I, I feel like that's a skill. It's a harder skill to listen, and I am great at it now, but I feel like it would be – it would be – a good piece of advice to give somebody. That's great. Definitely myself. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, coffee or tea? What do you prefer? Coffee. Yeah. It's my fuel. So I always have to ask people. <laughs> I'm such a, yeah. I'm such a, uh, I'm not a coffee snob. I like really simple coffee, but I really, mm -hmm. really like. <laughs> I, I drink uh, flavored coffee black. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, last question, which book or film has had the biggest impact on you as a person or a professional and why? Hmm, that's a tough one. Um, you know, it's probably, uh, the Steve Jobs by, um, Walter Isaac Isaacson, I think. Okay. Um, and that was a long time ago. It was the, the, it was a, of course, a bio right about Steve Jobs, right. and, um, but what what my biggest takeaway was, or it was and remains is, um, is the simplest is just keeping it simple, mm -hmm. and that was sort of the the origin of of Steve Jobs' philosophy is making it so much easy so easy for the end user, um, and that actually made me just reading the book. I finished it, and I said all right, I'm going to switch over. I'm going to give the iPhone a shot. And I just never look back. And now everything is Apple. <laughs> and my, my husband hates Apple, but it's okay. <laughs> so that was a very like, and I, I'm a, a pretty practical person. So that one was really, um, that was, it, it impacted my life so much, right? Like I, I made a, a such a drastic change, but it was a good one. That's incredible. Yeah. It's, um, it's good advice. I've never read any, uh, biographies about Steve Jobs, but um, it seems like, you know, he was really successful at just streamlining. And yeah, I think we could probably all use 
a fair bit of that in our lives. There's so much going on out there and there's so many things to pay attention to or to draw our attention in. And I know for me, like you have those shiny object moments or <laughs> squirrel moments where you're, you know, it's hard to stay focused. And um, I think it's really good advice. Yeah, I mean, and it was so interesting. I remember there was a bit about, um, you know, with the a first generation of a product and they're and they're like, oh, this is the user manual. And he's like, this, no. <laughs> he's like, we're not including any user manuals with any of our products ever. Yeah, if it's that complicated, it's the wrong People product. Don't want it. Yeah, that's great. Right. It's so interesting. And it's like, oh, that's an excellent point. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, you know, from a professional standpoint in, in HR, a business owner, I think it's good to step back and take stock of that and and um, think about, you know, do we really need to be doing all of these things? And I remember a case study, I, I teach organizational development and change, and we were reading a case study at the beginning of the semester about Starbucks. And uh, when Roz Brewer came and took over as the COO, and one of the things she did is just streamlined, cut out that unicorn mm -hmm. frappuccino and all those fancy complicated drinks yeah. and streamlined the, nobody yeah. it was so complicated to make and nobody liked it and you know but but just really sort of that whole principle of what do we do let's do it well and and just keep it simple kind of thing and it and it really helped them sort of um become operationally more efficient and more successful overall so Mm -hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. And and then I also read a, a great potty training book to help my <laughs> child, which was excellent. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, so my daughter will be three and at the end of January, and then my son will be is almost one. He'll oh, be one okay. next month. So you're in the thick of it right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm impressed that you have time for severance and reading anything but potty training books. So that Yeah, I mean, I tell you, it's that like three hour gap from like when they go down yeah. to when I pass out in front of yeah. the TV. <laughs> Early bedtimes, I think, saved my life in those days. So yeah, good for you. <laughs> That's great. Well, I know you're a busy person. So um, I just really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today to to share some fantastic advice with my listeners. And uh, I know there'll be folks reaching out and, and taking advantage of your litmus test. And I'll also leave a link in the show notes to the Steve Jobs book. And um, well, they know how to find severance. So I don't need to leave yeah. a link to that. <laughs> but also your contact info. So Perfect. people can get in touch. So wonderful. Thank you so much. And take care and all the best. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great, a great ch a chat. <laughs> I sure hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation as much as I did having it and that you learned something about how to recruit and retain your own five-star employees. Feel free to check out contact information for Henel in the show notes of this episode. I will also put a link to her litmus test, a free resource you can take advantage of today, as well as a couple other helpful links. And if you are feeling the love for the HR Mentor, I encourage you to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. 
Your feedback and ratings help other people find this podcast. And of course, if you leave me a review, I just might read it on a future episode. As always, I so appreciate your time and all of the feedback. Take care. Bye for now.